Bible. How are we? Everybody good? Awesome. It's great to be with you guys. Great to see everybody here this morning. Um, man, this is an important day in the life of our church. And so it's great to get to see you and celebrate and worship the Lord Jesus. Uh, he's the priority. We've been talking about that. And so we're going to make sure that he stays the priority. Even on Celebration Sunday, what we're celebrating is him. And so that's what we're here to do. Now, you may wonder... And I'm kind of wondering, I'm actually surprised that, that it stayed up here. But you may be wondering, why in the world does he have a brick? It's a brick. By the way, this brick is a lot heavier than you think. So it's, it's kind of my weapon. Don't mess with me today. Um, so this is just an ordinary brick. It's just kind of gray and brown. It's got a little white on it. Uh, it's an ordinary brick. In fact, this was one of the bricks that was left over when they built our house in 98. And we've got a huge stack of them that are sitting nice next to the house, near to the house. It's just sitting there in a stack. It's not anything significant. It just sits there in the, the rain, the weather, and all that stuff. It's, it's just a brick. But I'll tell you, bricks create structures that you and I inhabit that have the power, that have the power to create places where stories are made, where stories that will far outlast you and me in this room for generations to come. Bricks, while they're insignificant in and of themselves, have the power to create structures that you and I inhabit, where stories are made that have the power to transform life. You know, a brick, like stories, are you know, they're, they're formed, they're made over time. In fact, if you're familiar with how a brick's made, it's, it's taken from clay out of the ground, it's extracted from the ground, it's taken to a factory. Uh, that, that clay is, is mixed in just, just to the right mixture, and then it's poured into a, a, a thing that, that begins to shape it, right? And then it goes into an oven, and just not too hot, not too cold, and it forms this brick, and it makes this indestructible, uh, reliable resource that we, you and I use for building. Then again, from the factory, contractors take these bricks and they utilize them to build structures like homes and churches like this one, office complexes, hotels, restaurants, you name it. Bricks make it. They form it. You know, over the course of our rich history as a church, we have shared wonderful stories in these bricks. You think about the walls that we sit in this morning. Wonderful stories have been made here. Uh, for many of you, you've welcomed your first child into the world and you brought them here. For many of you, maybe you were married in this room. You were met Jesus in this room. You were baptized in this room. Maybe it was the room down the, down the hallway here. Bricks have the power, so to speak, to create a structure where memories that change your life happen. Maybe it's in this room where you said goodbye to a loved one or loved ones. Memories that will outlast all of us. This morning, what I want us to do is to look at a story from the Old Testament in Joshua chapter four of how stones had the power to create a story that would transform Israel's life as they look back on God's faithfulness and the obedience of his people. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me. I'm going to drop that brick because it's heavy. 
Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4, we're going to read from verses 1 through 7 this morning. Joshua 4. This is the word of the Lord. It says, When all of the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, and from every place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed, and a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. And notice what he says in verse 6. When your children ask in a time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. You know, much like bricks, stones are pretty insignificant. Bricks are just bricks, stones are just stones. But in this particular case, the stones told a beautiful story of both God's faithfulness to the people of Israel, but also it told a story of the people's obedience to follow the Lord. You may recall from Israel's history that God calls Abraham. When he calls Abraham, he gives him a promise. Within that promise were really three implications. He promised them land, promised them offspring, and promised him favor. And Abraham pursued the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He believed that God was going to do what God said he was going to do. It was counted to him as righteousness. And so the Lord blessed him with those things throughout the course of his life. Now, as a part of that blessing, it was not just for Abraham, but ultimately extended to his descendants, therefore the people of Israel, God's chosen people. Now, as you read through the Old Testament, you're going to learn that Israel didn't live up to their end of the bargain. Oftentimes, they would fail. God would be faithful to restore them. That story leads them all the way to slavery in Egypt. They find themselves in, in dire straits rough days. They're serving under a foreign king in Egypt. They cry out to the Lord, and what does God do? He does what he always does. He shows up, right? He raises up a leader in Moses. Moses leads the people of Israel out of uh, slavery in Egypt into the wilderness, all to restore his covenant, to renew the covenant that he had made with his people, and to teach them that more than anything else on this earth, what they needed most was him. They needed God to be their priority, right? And we've talked about this, right? That God can't be a, a bullet point on our priority list. He has to be the whole sheet of paper. So God leads them into the wilderness, into this period of uncertainty where he's teaching them that, that what they need more than anything else, they don't need certainty, they don't need direction, they need him. And if they have him, they have everything that they need. So God leads them into the wilderness. Now during this time, Moses passes away, their fearless leader of 40 years who's been working with God, leading and directing them. He passes away. God, again, is faithful. He raises up Joshua, right? Joshua becomes their leader, and it's Joshua who's going to lead them across the Jordan River into the promised land. 
It's where we are in this story. And Joshua does just that. God calls Joshua. He said, hey, listen. Hey, don't be fearful. Be courageous. I'm with you. He ends up leading them across the Jordan River. Right? God literally stops the water. The people of God walk across the river on dry land. And then they end up on the other side of the river. Now, on the other side of the river, I would imagine there was much relief, right? Many of the people had been through a lot. They'd left their homes in Egypt to live for 40 years, homeless in the wilderness, trying to figure out where are we going next. A lot of uncertainty, right? In the wilderness of this uncertain period, they experienced a great deal of change. They built new friendships. They started new families, right? They said goodbye to loved ones, and they even had to say goodbye to their leader of over 40 years. Can you imagine the change that happened in 40 years' time? A lot of change happened for the people of Israel. And now, they find themselves on the other side of the river, a future a little bit more certain, and God commands Joshua to get 12 men to grab some stones from the river and to, on the other side of the river, build a memorial a memorial that tells the story of God's faithfulness and the obedience of his people. So that's what's happening, is they're building this memorial. But I want you to see the reason why they're building the memorial in verse 6. Here's what Joshua said. Verse 6, it says, Let this, these stones, be a memorial, a sign for you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? What do these bricks mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. What these stones represented for the people of Israel is that God was faithful to make a way when there seemed like there was no way. What these stones, when generations of people look back upon those stones that are built as a memorial, what they are going to see is a story, not just of stones, but of God's faithfulness to his people to make a way when there was no way, and then God's people's response to God's calling in their life. So it was a calling to celebrate the story of what God had done in his life. People. Now, far too many people try to attribute Israel's story with our story today. Not going to do that. Israel has Israel's story. We have our own story. Right? We're not going to take things out of context, but here's the reality. In many different ways, we have walked through some hard things. We have experienced over the last several years a wilderness-like experience Right? You may recall over five years ago, God uh, opens up a door for us to partner with the University of Mary Hardin Baylor. Right? Well, we're going to leave this facility and we're going to move to a new location, the corner of MLK Jr. and 121. That we believe God's calling us to do that. It didn't go as we planned. COVID hits. Go through crazy. Uh, political turmoil, wars, all these kind of crazy things, economic crisis, all of this stuff. A lot has changed. We've been through a lot. We've said goodbye to some friends, right? People have moved on. 
We've had a lot of people join us. We've got good things, we've got bad, we've got all of the things. And still, Lord, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? <laughs> to go? God, I know you're with us. You've been with us for 170 years, so now what's next? With our location, what do we do? Maybe you felt the weight of that. I know I have felt the weight of that, of trying to determine, Lord, what is it that you want from us? Where do you want us to go? Just tell me and I'll do it. We'll do it. We'll follow you, but you got to tell us, right? And, and, to, and just to be honest, we've kind of waded through the waters of, of uncertainty and, and not knowing. But I want, you to, I want to tell you today, because I think this is really important, is that even in the midst of some of our most uncertain days in the history of our church, I want you to see all the things that God has done. And I want us to take time to not just celebrate what we've, what we've been talking about with this All In initiative, but I want you to hear and see what God has done in 2023, because it's pretty incredible. In fact, I've got a slide up here on the screen for you that I want you to see that's going to show you all the different things. Okay, maybe we won't. Write them down. <laughs> Write them down. You ready? In 2023, I want you to see this is awesome, y'all. And by the way, this is just, these are just a few of the many different things that God has done. Just a few. These are just a few of hallway conversations that we had this week. I didn't have time to write them all down. We could write a book on all the things that God has done in 2023. But here we go. I want you to celebrate these things. In 2023, the Lord has allowed us to welcome 163 new members to First Baptist Belton. <laughs> 163 people, that's incredible. The Lord has allowed us to baptize 61 people this year. All right, 61 people. That's triple what we've been able to do in the last three years combined. I want, that to, I want you to feel the weight of that. The Lord's allowing us to do this. This is the Lord's work, right? So anything we're doing, it's what God's doing. The Lord's allowed us to continue to support three partner church plants, which is awesome. This year in 2023, we've added three new church plant partners that we're supporting, two in Puerto Rico, one in Taiwan, that's doing great gospel work, that's reaching people with the gospel. It's amazing. It's awesome. We're able, the Lord has allowed us to continue to support eight local mission partners in Bell County who are do doing great gospel work. The Lord's allowing us to support 10 other missionaries around the globe doing gospel work, reaching people with the gospel. That's 10 other missionaries who are out there doing great things for the kingdom, reaching people who do not know the name of Jesus. You, in this room, y'all are supporting them. That doesn't even include the $160,000 that we've raised already for the global mission offering that is sent directly to the mission field to support gospel work all across the globe. That's 2023 alone. It's amazing. We've sent 101 people on short-term mission trips all across the globe this year. Think about all the craziness in the world, and we're sending people from Belton, Texas, all over the world to preach the name of Jesus, to be the hands and feet of Christ all over the world. 101 people, it's amazing. We adopted a local elementary school, mobilizing FEB to love and bless students and teachers, 
Part of that is we sent 29 people to Southwest Elementary who are reading to kids to engage them, to love them, to encourage them, Lord willing, to build relationships, gospel relationships with them. 29 people from this room going to a local elementary school, adopting a local people group, loving them to Jesus. How cool. It's awesome. We've made 65 visits to homebound people that are in our church. You know, what you may not realize in this room is that we have a ton of people who are still a part of our church who are watching online right now who cannot make it here, who don't get to experience the love and the fellowship that you and I get to experience every week because they can't make it here. Eddie and his team mobilized people to go love and care for them because they matter they matter, and we want, them to know, we want them to know that they matter. So they took 65 trips this year alone to go bless those folks, to love them and encourage them. We had over 270 kids attend VBS, 200 volunteers, and saw over 19 kiddos take their next step towards Jesus. We've added amazing staff. One of them stood up here this morning and shared her testimony of all that the Lord's doing in her life and how a no went to a yes because she simply waited on the Lord to lead her to that direction. The Lord's at work. It's incredible. We've added so many staff members who, by the way, are incredible folks. If you don't know them, you need to get to know them. Make that an intentional effort in 2024 to get to know them because they're doing amazing things. It's so humbling to get to watch them and to serve them. I'm telling you, it's it's great, but God's, God's brought them here, 2023. Youth and college students are thriving, seeing lives transformed. It's amazing to see what God is doing. Stanton shared a story the other day of their fall, fall retreat. Uh, fall retreat is a great thing that college students do. It was one of my favorite things to get to be a part of. And one, one young lady said, my life is transformed because of, of this fall retreat, and that's because of of us in this room who are supporting a great young man who loves the Lord and is leading a great college ministry. I want you to see all the great things. I could tell you story after story after story. We could be here all day to celebrate all that the Lord is, is doing in 2023. And so here's what I want to do. I want to take a minute, and I want us just to, to give the Lord a round of applause for what he's doing. It, yeah. You know, it's so cool, right? It's so cool because the Lord doesn't need our applause, right? Like, he doesn't need that. But I think it's important. Like, I was trying to think through, like, how do I do Celebration Sunday? How do we do all this? You know, and, and what I didn't want to do is go another year where we as a church don't stop and go in the midst of uncertain days and in the midst of trying to figure out, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? I didn't want to do another year where we didn't stop and say, thank you, Jesus, Thank you for what you're doing through broken vessels like me and our staff and you. We're just broken vessels that the Lord is gracious to use. And, and as we leave Thanksgiving and we move towards the Christmas season, let us be thankful for all that the Lord is doing and blessing us with. So now on top of all of that, so in, in May, May was an important month on the 21st of May, we held a family meeting right here in this room. Lots of you came to this meeting, right? And I just said, look, <laughs> a lot has changed. We gotta figure out what in the world we're gonna do. 
right? Specifically as it relates to the new property, the facility, we got to figure out what in the world does the Lord want us to do? We put together a team of experts. Those team of experts recommended that we hire a company called Building God's Way. We decided to do that. A part of, building, uh, of, of hiring Buildings God's Way is in their amazing team. We also formed a building steering team. And the whole point was is that this building steering team is going to work with Building God's Way. We're going to come up with a game plan and we're going to come and present that game plan to you. What we believe to be a viable, uh, a viable option for us as a church. And then we figure out, okay, well, what do we do, right? And so that gave birth to the all-in initiative that, that we've been in for the last several weeks. That's what gave birth to that, where we've presented a plan that we believe is a viable option. Again, we launched the all-in initiative. Now, caveat, understand that we brought these things to you during some, again, most of the uncertain days that, that we're living in, economic uh, tension, right? We brought this to you knowing that we were a church with a lot of generous people, but we honestly just aren't a generous church. It's just true, right? It's bringing this all in initiative to us during this time. It's bringing this all in initiative to us, knowing that God's going to have to make a way. Just as God parted the Red Sea, so that people could walk across, just like He parted the Jordan River, so people could walk across. God's going to have to show up for us to be able to do what we believe that God is calling us to do. So we brought all of these things to you knowing the context in which we're in. Brought all those things to you. Now, here's what I want you to know and here's what I want you to hear because I think this is really, really important. Just as God has done for 170 years, God has shown up. God has shown up and he has shown himself to be faithful. But I also want you to hear me say that you showed up. You showed up. So God showed himself to be faithful, but I also want you to hear that you responded to God's call. And this morning we're going to get to celebrate the fact in a lot of uncertainty and a lot of wilderness-like feelings, Lord, what are we going to do? We now know. We now know. And I don't know about you, but I'm really excited about what God's doing. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I've got some friends who are going to come out here in just a minute. As a matter of fact, they'll come, go ahead and come on out. They're going to help us celebrate what God has done. Okay, so when they get out here, they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. There they are. Yep, give them a round of applause. While they're coming, here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to take a minute here, and I want y'all to turn your attention to the screen. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got a great video that I want, I want you to see that kind of captures your response to what the Lord has done. All right? Turn your attention to the screens.
God, I pray that you would help us to respond to you by what you have done for us and continue to do in us, Lord. Thank you for the last 170 years of faithfulness to our church. God, we ask for another 170 years, Lord, as we submit our lives to you, as we trust you, as we follow you, Lord, as we set a new trajectory. God, this is a moment in our church's history, Father, that we ask that you would come and that you would show up like you have for, again, the last 170 years. God, would you call us to something bigger than ourselves? Would you call us to stretch, to trust you, to offer all that we have and all that we are to you, Lord? Father, we trust you. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So, you ready? Are you sure? I, I, I really feel like we need a little bit more energy. Hey, thank you. Awesome. Okay, so the Lord called, you answered. You picked up the phone and said, all right, let's do it. We've got some things that I wanna share with you that I think are worthy of celebrating. This number, 73, represents 73 new giving households. Yeah. Pretty awesome. These are 73 folks who had never given to First Baptist Belton who said, through this all-in campaign, Lord, I trust you. We're, we're, we're going to follow you. We're going to answer the call. And so 73 families showed up. How great. So, so great. So worthy of celebrating. 114. 114. This represents how many households more than doubled their current giving to this initiative. Yeah, awesome. How cool, man, that somebody, 114 households, said, you know what, Lord, I'm gonna answer the call to grow in generosity. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, and boy, they, they stepped up and said, Lord, I don't know how we're gonna do it, but we're gonna trust you, and we're gonna make this happen. 114 households said, I'm gonna stretch and trust you. I'm gonna lean back, and if I fall, well then, Lord, I know that you're gonna catch me. It's amazing. 114. 142%. 142% represents a percentage of how many, or, or of our average increase in giving. So again, what this represents is as an average of our church, we gave 142% over what our current giving is. Incredible. It's awesome. It's awesome. Um, you know, we're working with this, this group. Part of Building God's Way is they've helped us with some of this stuff, and um, they focus on helping churches fund projects and grow generosity in their church. And in their history as a company, they have never come close to this percentage. They said, you guys are the new story. That's pretty cool. Something to celebrate. (laughs) 
So as you know, the numbers behind me represent the number of where we are financially, represent the number where we are financially. But I told you when we first started this whole thing that it's not about a number, it's about a percentage. Remember that? Remember that? That's, that was the challenge. It's not about the number. The number's important. But the most important thing is the percentage. It's God calling us, all of us, to be all in and to respond to Him. And I'm excited to share with you that right now we're at 79% of you who are committed. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. 79% of our households have made a commitment to the next two years of faithfully giving to our church. And you may remember, right, this, this percentage looked uh, quite a bit different uh, when we got going here, right? It looked more like 30%. I want us to celebrate the fact that we are nearing 80% of the people who call First Baptist Belton home who are all in, who have said, yes, I'm going to trust you, Lord. And, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to trust you with my resources that you're going to use my offering, not giving to, church, to, to First Baptist, but giving to the Lord through First Baptist. It's incredible. 79%. It's awesome. Still got some work to do, but 79%. Okay. All right. Hey, I want, hey Luke, can you give me a drum roll? Okay, here we go. Y'all ready? All right. We're going to start from here. We're going to go all the way down. All right, Candy, go for it. Let's go. Awesome. All right, guys, y'all can go ahead and head back. Wow. $18.4 million. Man, that's incredible. Thank y'all. Thank you, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Awesome. You guys can go ahead and be seated. We got a couple things to chat through. I wanted us to have an opportunity to celebrate that, right? That the Lord through you and through your gener generosity um, has allowed us to get to $18.4 million as our starting point in this all-in initiative. Remember, this is a starting point, right? And so right now we're sitting at 79%, 79%, which is incredible. But remember, the expectation is still 100%, right? And here's what's really cool. We did the math and we worked it out. Um, right now we're sitting at... Uh, just right about 80% toward our goal. The goal was 23 million. We're sitting about 80% of that goal, right? If the math works out, and it does, if the remainder of our folks, if you say, hey, I'm gonna commit, here's what happens. Here's what happens. If they give the average of what everybody else has already committed, we're there. We're there, which is why, yes. Right. Which is why I said to you, 
a percentage is more important than the number. Because if we all make our commitment, if we all say yes, the Lord, he does it. It's amazing. And so we still got some work to do, but man, we're in a good place. We're in a really good place. Now here's what all this means, okay? So right now, sitting at 18.4, this is what it means. This means that we no longer have to wonder, Lord, where are you leading us? We know. We're moving to Martin Luther King Jr. and 121. Which is awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's really exciting. Um, with the amount of money that we have committed, with what we have on hand and what we have secured in financing, we have enough to get going, okay? And so that's really, really exciting. So thank you for the work and for the commitment and for the trust and the faith that you have had in, in what the Lord's doing. Super excited. Now, here's a few next steps, okay? Uh, to be honest, I don't have next steps for you. <laughs> um, because I was just trying to get to this day and then figuring out what we did, right? I told y'all I wasn't gonna be sharing anything. We're getting to this day, right? So now that we're to this day, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get um, building steering team together. We're gonna get our team together and we're gonna come up with the next steps. We're gonna come up with the plan. And I am hoping to be able to present to you a plan at the end of January, early February of next year, okay? So, so look out for that. Um, don't, don't kill me on the way to that, okay? We'll, we're gonna get together, we'll come up with a good, good, solid, viable game plan, and then we'll present that to you as soon as we have it. I'm hoping that it'll be the end of January, early February, okay? Hey, the Lord's doing great things. Uh, he's gonna stay our priority. Uh, that's the most important thing. Remember, bricks are just bricks. Stones are just stones but they have a way of proclaiming a story. And the story of First Baptist Belton is a beautiful story of God's faithfulness and a people's response in obedience to God's calling on their life. And so that's what we celebrated today, is just our response and God's faithfulness. And so let's continue to celebrate that as we go into the Christmas season, as we uh, look to the coming of Jesus, we make room in our heart for Jesus. Let's make sure that he's the priority as we begin a new year um, of all the things that God is gonna do in 2024. And I'm telling you, he's gonna do great things as we submit to him, we follow him and trust him for the future, okay? I want everybody to close your eyes, bow your head with me. We're gonna go to the Lord in prayer. We're gonna praise his name. We're gonna ask him to do great things in 2024. God, we come to you today as your people. Lord, thank you. Lord, we can take a deep breath on the other side of the river, so to speak. God, thank you for making a way when it seemed like there may not be a way. In uncertain times, uncertain economic climate, not knowing how we would respond, all of the things, all of the questions, all of the doubts. Father, thank you for showing up. And Lord, I'm even thankful that you've given us room to continue to grow. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful 
even that we didn't reach the exact goal that we wanted to reach because there's still room for us to grow. There's still people who have an opportunity to say, yes, we can still grow in our generosity. We can still grow in our giving and we've got, we're gonna have people that you're gonna bring to us in the new year who are also gonna be a part of this. And so Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for the 61 baptisms, the 163 people who have joined. I thank you for the 101 people who have gone to the ends of the earth uh, to take your name, to, to preach your name in places where it's not known. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for the 29 folks who have gone to Southwest Elementary. I thank you for um, the work that you've done in college retreats and youth retreats. And Lord, I thank you for uh, camps and the work that you've done in, in our STARS camp and youth camps. And Lord, I, I can go on and on about all of the work that you were doing through your people and you're using broken vessels and while I can't even understand that, Lord, you still use us. And so, Lord, thank you for that. God, help us to be faithful in 2024. Help us to put our hands to the plow to make Jesus the priority. Father, and help us to continue to show up as you continue to show up for us. God, thank you for paving a way. Thank you for making a way when it seems like there is no way. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. It's in his sweet name that we pray. Amen.